The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. The fallout continues for Alphabet. The stock is now negative for this year as more controversies around its AI model Gemini rollout mount. Some are calling for a change in leadership. It is Tuesday, February 27th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa with Mark Gilbert. Hey, Mark. What's up, D? How are you? We are on day two of this story together, a story we've been talking about, honestly, a lot this year and a lot for the past you know, year and a half. I was going to say, is it day two or is it like day I know. 300? Yeah, exactly. It's sort of talking about this. I mean, it's, it's sort of crystallized in the last few days, but it's sort yeah. of been a, a slow motion, uh, you know, train wreck, which has been the rollout uh, of Gemini and sort of the flawed release of some of these sort of half-baked products. Um, you know, what I will say is that's no different than ChatGPT, right, which launched and then there was, you know, Mm-hmm. All of these stories about the the different things that the different problems with it and the different crazy things you could get it to say and the hallucinations that it was that it was having. The problem with with between uh, ChatGPT or the difference rather between OpenAI and Google is that it feels like one stumble after another for Google, like from that first Bard demo to now this Gemini rollout. Yeah, and, and that I think is what's been like building and piling on top of its problems. Totally. And I mean, and OpenAI gets to sort of, uh, I think, you know, come from this place of like, oh, we're a startup, right? You know, even though even though it has some some very wealthy backers like Microsoft, it comes from this place of we're a startup coming out with a new product. Whereas when Google puts out a product, it's like, why isn't this more polished? You are, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world. Google doesn't do itself any favors either because its whole strategy has been cautious, responsible AI. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when you think about the magnitude of the botching the Gemini release, right? Basically, they tried to be too politically correct and they ended up going too far and not making cut and dry claims on Nazis and Hitler, right? Yeah. Just going too far and allowing too much room for Trying conversation for things that shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, there's something ironic right in there, which is that in Google's attempt to make sure that its, it's chat bots uh, sort of don't get into trouble and don't cause controversy, that's what's making them cause controversy is because they can't sort of make declarative things like famously, you know, the example that's been going around the internet, which is that someone asked, you know, who's worse, Hitler or Elon Musk? And, the, and Gemini is sort of unwilling to uh, come down on one side of what should seems to be a you know or like trying question. to be nuanced when there's no nuance needed for something for a question like that exactly. and so it was kind of like inevitable and it's I will say it's not the first time we've seen this right um, the attention coming to management as it should Senator Pichai in particular as the CEO who is soft spoken who's cautious who's careful and remember too like post pandemic when all the other tech companies were making these cuts and trying to be efficient really quickly and he had more of a slower approach and this question arose is he a good wartime ceo like when things are good when rates are low when all these companies are humming and growth is good he's great but when you have real challenges ahead is he the right person for the job Right. And so and and something you're looking at today, which I thought was interesting, which I had not thought of at all, is that while much of the intention from from media and from investors and from analysts has focused on the CEO, Sundar Pichai, you've also been looking at another key person who who we think sort of deserves some attention. 
Yeah, and that would be Google's search chief, a man named Prabhakar Raghavan. Um, he's a well-known figure in tech circles. He's been leading Google search for a while now. Um, but he's also, in the last few years, been at the forefront of the company's generative AI announcements, demos, and most recently, apologies. Um, I thought it was really interesting how the blog post regarding the botched rollout of the Gemini image generator came from him. I mean, you could question, why doesn't it come from Sundar Pichai himself? But also, why isn't it coming from someone who is heading up generative AI efforts? But then there's another side of this. And I just thought it was so fascinating to look at him. Um, because what does it say about the AI strategy? Now, first, it's perhaps notable that Pichai himself hasn't taken the lead in a way that, say, Satya Nadella and Sam Altman have. But that's not exactly his style. We talked about that. He likes to bring other people up. He likes to sort of distribute the announcements um, and so on. But he's not like distributing it among among Google's AI superstars. He's putting the head of search, the current business, in right. charge. Right. And there's there's you know like a big talent pool to choose from. And so I just wonder, does that suggest something broader? Google can't let go of search. And that is like the existential fear. The here, existential question that Google right now is facing. And and I think, you know, you bring up that point that that's not Sundar Pichai's style. He is not the spokesperson for, for this company. He doesn't do a ton of press. He's not out there on social media, you know, capturing the sort of public ethos around his company. And look, you, you know, you can say that's a good thing, right? You don't want a sort mm -hmm. of showboating CEO. But then again, you know, when you want to make a big splashy marketing announcements and, you know, enter into a into, into a space in a big way, you've got Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, you know, all, by the way, white men who are out there, and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, in pop culture okay. and who are able to uh, sort of like create some some attention around themselves and some new product in a way that that I do not think you could say Sundar Pichai is is uh is prepared to do and, and has done at all. Right. And even, well, first of all, keep in mind that these are consumer facing products. So you need to get people and interested in them. And no one has better distribution and data than Google. So they should be able to harness their advantages already. And I will make the comparison to Satya Nadella. We've seen a different kind of Satya Nadella since, you know, the generative AI cycle came underway. He has put himself out there. He has been more bombastic, more personality, more everything. I go back to the idea earlier on when he said, I'm going to make Google dance. Totally. That was kind of like a wow moment that I still think totally. about. And that I could, remember that could... watching him talk to uh, Kara Swisher at Recode, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, whatever that was, like two years ago and thinking, wow, this is a different Satya Nadella. This is a really uh, comfortable in you know public speaking role, like sort of commanding thought leader presence. And that is a this is a different Satya Nadella than took right. over, you know, just in, in terms of optics, then took over the company from Steve Ballmer. And it's not that Sundar Pichai has not been out there like he has. He did, you know, some press around the Gemini release, but it just gets kind of like diluted. And also, we've talked in the past about how it was only recently Gemini it was barred and that was a botched demo and it's gone through all these iterations. So the messaging isn't exactly clear. And then it's also not clear when you have Prabhakar Raghavan leading this charge, right? Like, yes, he is extremely well-respected in academia and tech. That is undeniably true. He's been at Google for more than a decade. He assumed control of search engine and related businesses in 2020, 2020 excuse me. Um, but is he the right person for this? He kind of represents the current and maybe 
the traditional or old or legacy business of search, who represents the next one? And I, I found this Times profile that he did late last year. And I thought this was so funny. He acknowledged that Google needs to stay relevant. So he knew this was coming. And right. he's been obviously thinking about this for a long time. He knows that search is you know one of the most incredible businesses of all time but they still need to work hard to keep that position and he said that he was unfortunately aware of a nickname among young people grandpa google mark i That's was a brutal aware of that nickname like i understand the connotation right away but i did not know that and that is just so rough yeah and alphabet has been trying trying hard in in recent years to shake off that reputation right the place where engineers to go Go to quote rest and vest, which means you know stay and and uh, you know after having a, a good career and building some sort of reputation, they get a job at Google and then they just basically don't work very hard and and vest wait you know the four years until their their shares vest. Um, you know I'm I'm personally just doing a rewatch of Silicon Valley on HBO and Hulu is like the big company uh, that's sort of compared to Google and you know this is this is a show that was. Uh, starts in 2014 and they're already talking about rest and vest and that's already the the big joke about huli and some of these big tech companies and that's 10 years ago so you know grandpa google has only gotten only only gotten older (laughs) in the last decade and you think about google it's not even that old i mean microsoft and satya nadella have done an incredible job of reinventing that company. And this is what Senator Pichai was supposed to do. And I know we're going to get to the other side of this, Mark, how Senator Pichai, you can see him as doing a really fantastic job. This is still one of the biggest companies in the world. But I mean, the fact that you relate it to Huli, that could be a stand-in from Silicon Valley for another company, but it's just blatantly Google. You think about how the mega caps have changed, right? And Zuckerberg is like what I think is maybe one of the best examples. Another CEO who didn't particularly care that much what Wall Street said. He just wanted to keep his head down and create and ship new products. But over the last year plus, he's leaned into this narrative and communicated a lot more clearly with the yeah. street. I mean, remember, you know, around the Facebook roadshow, it's like Mark Zuckerberg wearing his hoodie and like didn't want to talk to uh, investors. And, um, you know, I, I think you can very easily make the the through line to, to Mark Zuckerberg having much more of a like a a personal presence online. There's a lot more like photographs of him. He does more interviews. He engages more. Uh, Did you, you know, see today's it, photo? I saw today's photo of him in a yeah. McDonald's in uh, fur coat and some sunglasses. I yeah. think it was a McDonald's. Yeah, he's on Asia somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Um, but, okay, the the point of this though is that we've been talking about Google for a long time. Is it nimble enough? Can it still ship really innovative, interesting products that people want to use? But there's also this idea of brain drain, right? Um, right? And that has persisted in this. AI age, at least we're seeing the beginnings of it, right? And I don't want to like overstate this because this is always going to happen at mature companies, but top AI talent, um, they are sort of going on to create their own ventures. Among them, four of 36 lead Gemini developers. That's something that the information reported recently. Um, And, you know, it's just, you see them kind of going, and I've talked to a few CEOs now who have told me that um, Google offers these like gigantic pay packages, like $20 million over four years. And that's what they have to do to retain that talent where some of the buzzier, newer generative AI startups, they say, hey, come work with us. We're going to be actually working on AGI, you know, like the holy grail of artificial intelligence. That's artificial general intelligence. Um, and that can be sometimes a more appealing proposition for engineers than 
rest and vest, even if you are getting paid a lot of money. Right. Yeah. So there's the, uh, you know, there's the, the, the rest invest aspect. There's the, the, you know, young, hungry, uh, founders who are leaving Google or basically not taking jobs at Google to start their own companies. And then the big thing I've been harping on to you privately Mm -hmm. and talking about sometimes on this podcast is, you know, despite many attempts of Google uh, to come up with new products over the last basically 20 years and a lot of under, you know, Sundar Pichai's legacy to come up with new products around messaging, around social media, around enterprise, around payments, they have not taken off, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Google's tried a half dozen different messaging apps, you know, from from Duo to Hangouts to Google Meet, and they're always getting rebranded. Social media, remember Google Plus, uh, you know. <laughs> I forgot about that until I read it. And a lot of these, actually, there's this fantastic website that um, our producer, Jasmine, found. What is it called? It's like... Oh, yeah. What is it? Killed products by tech. Killed, killed, by, killed tech. by tech. Yeah. Yeah. And it lists like the different products that the big mega caps that have been killed off. And Google is just like far and away the biggest number, which also means, though, that it's not afraid to try. New it's not things. afraid to so, try things. It's, and yeah. it's not afraid to uh, to shut down something that's not working, which it, which isn't always a bad thing. But, you know, when you do see something like I, I follow this guy, Tom Guerra, uh, on uh, on on threads and Twitter, and he's been just making fun of the Google wallet. Uh, rebrand recently. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, this is something that Google Wallet used to be Google Pay, which used to be Android Pay. And now mm-hmm. it's become a Google Wallet again. It's just confusing for for consumers. And it's the, sort of the same thing for, right. for for you know, from Bard to, to Duet to Gemini and- to Enterprise Gemini for Workspace. Like, it's just <laughs> these are really complicated rebrands. And it has not been clear for consumers what Google's new big powerful products are. Versus, you know, think about all the products that came from 20 years ago, Google search, Gmail, YouTube. It's like very clear what Android Android is what we mentioned. And I also think that this moment is different, right? It's fine to try new things like over the last 10 years. But when it comes to generative AI, the stakes are just so huge. I mean, last week we talked about the trillions of dollars in opportunity here. And so you need your messaging to be super clear. And it makes you wonder, like, has Google learned from all of these product relaunches and rebranding, et cetera. Why didn't they just do this from the beginning? Why didn't they just have one AI product? Right. And so we promised that we would do the flip side. And I think the flip side is uh, very clear, which is sort of to look at the huge list of accomplishments that Sundar Pichai and the whole team have accomplished. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they they truly did pioneer AI and sort of built the entire framework that this is this has been on. They have successfully managed Google Search and YouTube and you know Gmail and all of these huge businesses. Google not Maps, just managed Android. but grown. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 huge monster businesses. And then Bernstein's Mark Schmulek wrote this note this morning, which called it sort of a hermit approach and said that it has worked quote perfectly well for a company that seemingly cares more about running the business than endearing themselves to investors. So basically, Google puts its heads down is you know is not. Uh, uh, kind of has like cryptic, not very informative, not very entertaining conference calls, but that that's worked for the past, you know, d- couple decades as a as a public company. And you can imagine like Jeff Bezos saying something similar. They don't. They're not there. They're to not serve here for the. Yeah, they're investors. not investors. They're yeah. there for the customer. Yeah. And I think that that has customer changed. Program. The yeah. the interesting thing that that has changed at the mega caps, like Amazon is speaking a lot more. Andy Jassy speaks a lot more to us, to Wall Street, 
than Bezos ever did. Zuckerberg, yep. we talked about, has made this big turn, so, and it's so benefited them because has. I mean, even someone, totally. even this is a smaller scare, but like think about Evan Spiegel at Snap, right? Didn't talk mm-hmm. to, didn't talk to the press. Uh, on IPO day was famously very shy. Now he's out there doing interviews, doing podcasts, like very in touch, comes on CNBC, you know, I don't know, just like a, a sort of different turn from from Silicon Valley. And of course, like us on the media side are going to argue that that's a good thing. But I truly, truly believe that the getting your message out, packaging it right, yourself right, right. versus letting the media like go on limited information um, is generally a good thing. Unless you're trying to hide something. And that's always sort of like what comes up for investors. Like, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you getting your message out there? Because it's muddled, maybe. And that's what we've seen from Gemini. So I would love for someone to tell us, like, what's going on? What do they envision? And how are they going to... Also, it's it's high risk, high reward, right? Steve Jobs famously, right, very cryptic. Did Apple had this, you know, policy of not communicating. And they would just put, you know, it was like once a year, they would have that that big event and they would just put out hit after hit. Right. And it was like, yeah. you know, the iPod and the iMac and the iPhone. And there were just these sort of like incredible run of successful products. Well, you know, yeah, they didn't have a stumble. Right. So it works. Yeah. It works if you're always sort of hitting home runs. Yeah, it's, the, it's the when you make a stumble and then you turn around, and you say, ah, why are we getting criticized? And it's like, all right, well, you know, you weren't communicating a lot. So, you know, when you have a stumble, then you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, you yep. don't have a lot of transparency to fall back on. So the other thing I would like to say, though, is that when we talk and today, there's been a big narrative around in the last few days, like, should Sundar Pichai be CEO of this company? But I do want to note that I'm not hearing this from serious big investors in Alphabet. We're hearing this on social media, right? Like, I don't know about you, but my Twitter or X feed is full of these questions. But then you look and they're like, you know, kind of random people, kind of people who Who (laughs) make money. Yeah. Yeah. Whose business model is sort of being a bit, uh, a bit. um, Exactly. Yeah. Bombastic. I mean, the one sort of serious person that you and I talked about was Ben Thompson of Stratechery, who is a a very serious, uh, well-regarded journalist. And yesterday he, he sort of had this idea of that, you know, management mm-hmm. up to and including Sundar Pichai should be responsible for some of these failures. And he he doesn't say that lightly, but end of the day, he's still a journalist. A he journalist. doesn't yeah. have a horse in this game. Big fund managers who own a lot of Google. Yes. The one, so I keep reaching out to, I feel like I'm like stalking them at this point, but TCI, this is the activist fund that told Google to get fit. Remember they wrote that letter back in 2022. Yeah, told them to cut costs and, you know, take the business more seriously. And I'm so like there, I think at the time they had like a six billion dollar stake in alphabet i don't know what that is right now but i would be interested to hear from them not necessarily like something as big as like should Senator pachai be ceo that's not really you know uh, that's that's a question but it's not the question and i would like to know if they think that he's made progress on some of these really laid out points that they made a few years ago like don't hire as much reduce your workforce scale back on other bets that are losing money which you know he has made some progress on so yeah. i would be interested to hear if that investor has seen progress but also you know like any other large investor um their view of what's going on because it's a lot of like commentators and posters and so on so far yeah let me uh let me uh sort of just throw out another idea right at the end here i we this is a long podcast d <laughs> <laughs> Lots to let, talk me, about. let me throw out another idea here, which is that, and here's some of the here's some sort of the more of like the flip side and playing devil's, devil's advocate. One, what has Sundar Pichai actually done at Google, especially before he was CEO? He was responsible for Chrome, which mm-hmm. is not mm. a, a product that we talk about a lot, but Chrome was founded, you know, uh, I think less than two decades ago, and is now the dominant 
uh, browser. Undeniably. And there's, and there's no yes. reason Success. why it, it needed to be. You know, like Safari is built into to yep. iPhones. Uh, the other thing that he managed at Google was Google Drive, which and the whole Google suite of, of, um, of like services like that ha- is very successful. And that has been a big success. Uh, so that's that. Those are two things that he managed at Google before he was CEO, and then also he took ownership of Android, which has been a huge success. Yeah. So before he was CEO, he was the sort of like rock star, and now he's been named CEO. And the last thing I will say on the devil's advocate piece, and the, the reason maybe we're not you know hearing these calls from a a huge fund like TCI, is that the stock is still near all time highs. It's a couple points away, right? Yes, it's it's down mm-hmm. today and yesterday. It's you know maybe underachieved the last couple weeks. But this is still a stock that's near all-time highs. This is not like Meta, you know, having a seventy percent drawdown or Netflix shares cratering, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, in t- at the end of twenty twenty one. This is a company that's still doing very well by investors. Right. Although I will say, seeing that it's negative on the year, I know it's just like a random point in time though. But is this the start of like it's down year, like we saw with Meta? And in that case, it's interesting. That case. Zuckerberg could not be replaced. He holds the voting power. (laughs) And he sort of did that transition on his own. So will investors give Sundar Pichai the time if they think that he needs it to turn around this business? Or will they get someone else in? And to your point about the successes that Sundar Pichai has had, which is undeniable, maybe he's better in the trenches, right? Maybe he's better actually working on this stuff. Maybe, maybe he need a should have a public facing CEO in yeah. 2024. I don't know if you do. I, I really don't More know. More time CEO, right? I don't know. I'm, it's such a, like a thing that we throw out there every time a company or every time the macro environment gets tough. Um, but it's still a good question. Do you need a wartime CEO? And is Senator Pichai, we've made the argument that maybe he is, that his style is different, but still effective. And the last thing I'll say, Mark, I know this is like our longest podcast yet. We're going to do this for our weekly. So maybe like we can leave it there. We're going to look at all of this and we're going to package it up really nicely for our audience. Um, yeah, maybe sort of solve some ask- of these questions that we're raising yeah. in the next couple of days. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll post that on Friday. Yeah, sounds good. See you right, tomorrow. tomorrow Dave. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.